Election Day 2023 has finally arrived, so what's at stake in states and races around the country this year? I'm Veronica Dudo. Let's find out. This is In America Today from the Ticker News Studios in New York City. Hello and welcome. Coming up, former President Donald Trump trades jabs with a New York judge as he took the stand. Plus, Israel says its forces are now pushing deeper into Gaza City as they mark one month since Hamas's horrific attacks. But first... Nearly every race that voters are casting ballots for could have a huge impact on next year's presidential election cycle. Those races split between Mississippi, Kentucky, and Virginia will likely give the winning party a spark of momentum as it prepares to battle for control of the White House and both houses of Congress in 2024. For more, we are joined by Nicole Brenner-Schmitz, a Democratic strategist. Hi, Nicole. Thanks so much for your time today. Hi. Thanks for having me. So Republicans already flipped one crucial governor's seat in Louisiana last month and are hoping to do the same in Mississippi and Kentucky. Any predictions on how the outcome of these races might turn out? Yeah, I mean, look, Republicans are looking to hold their governorship in Mississippi. It is a tough haul for the Democrats there, but uh, the candidate, Mr. Presley, has raised more money than Democratic candidates have in the past, and it is closer than we've ever seen, although Mississippi hasn't elected a Democratic governor since 1999. So it is a tough haul. In Kentucky, Democratic Governor Andy Bashir is looking to hold his seat. The polling has shown him actually with a wider margin lead than I think he really has, but we've seen more early vote, which usually spells out good news for the Democrat in this year than we did in his previous election of 2019. So Democrats are going into the day in a good place and they've just got to make sure that they've got that turnout happening. 2024 is, of course, a general election. What are some of the big races and key issues you're tracking now in 2023, the off-year election that might offer a preview for next year? Yeah, I mean, look, Democrats are definitely looking closely as to how abortion as an issue does in this election. We've seen it play out in a number of places the race we just mentioned in Kentucky, Governor Andy Bashir has leaned into his protection for women's reproductive rights. We have it on the ballot in Ohio, um, which is a big race in 2024 when Senator Sherrod Brown will be running for re-election and trying to hold his seat. He's a Democrat in the Senate. And in Virginia, we've seen Republican Governor Glenn Youngkin sort of take the issue in a different way than Republicans have in the past. He's attempting to offer that a 15-week ban is a compromise in a moderate position, uh, and he's hoping that he will get a trifecta and he will have both the House and the Senate. Democrats are working hard. I think that Democrats will hold the Senate, but both chambers are definitely up for grabs, and it has been a, a real battle over this issue throughout. That doesn't mean it's the only thing that we're going to look to in 2024. You can't ignore that the economy is top of people's minds and something that they're very concerned about, but Democrats are gonna watch how this issue performs tonight and take some cues from that for 2024. What could the outcomes in these states mean for the presidential election and others this time next year? 
Yeah, I mean, look, there is a long time between now and the presidential election. There are going to be nonstop folks like myself who come on and talk and commentate about what these elections mean and what that spells out for 2024. But the reality is people are voting in 40 states today. There's important elections from school boards and city councils all the way up to the ones we've already mentioned. And 2024 is going to be its own race. There's a whole year there. And when you have a presidential at the top of the ticket, it just changes the dynamic in so many states right away. So we are going to see people take a look at our rights being stripped from them, what's happening there. They're going to be looking at the economy. There's no doubt that the international wars that have been happening are having a bigger effect. It's it's something that wasn't going on in the same way in 2020. And that's going to be a part of people's calculus if these are still uh, where they are now, which is really top of mind and dominating the news cycle. So this is a, it's a good indicator to see where some folks are going. There's a lot of people who like to point to whoever wins, whatever party wins the Kentucky's governor's race has been the party to win the white house for almost a a century now. So um, there's going to be a lot of speculation on that. As you mentioned, there's a lot of issues uh, that, are at the top of voters' minds. Now, Democrats are also hoping to turn freshly elected House Speaker Mike Johnson's very conservative voting record and policy positions into a weapon against Republicans in the 2024 election as they hope to retake the majority. What issues will they be looking to highlight? Yeah, I think there's been a lot of coverage right now of Mike Johnson and who he is because he was very unknown to America before becoming speaker. Um, The reality is for someone to become that sort of foil as an individual would take a really long time for the Democrats to do, but they are going to continue to point to what Republicans in the House are doing. Things like instead of just moving what would have been a very bipartisan Israel aid package, attaching a pay for that the Congressional Budget uh, Office actually said would end up costing more. It's not really going to to decrease the cost. And this is a nonpartisan uh, congressional budget office. So they're playing politics with it. Democrats are going to continue to point that out. Republicans are making a big point right now that they want to get through the approps process and they want to move the appropriations bills. Yet they have an agriculture approps bill that has an abortion rider in it. Um, so Democrats are going to make clear that they're a body that they wants to get things done. They don't want the government shut down. They want to keep it functioning. And that Republicans being led by Mike Johnson continue to put on writers and different issues that just aren't where the American people are at. But I think it's going to be less about him as an individual and more about making sure that they're drawing a difference between Republican priorities and Democratic priorities. With about 30 seconds left, we've seen support for President Joe Biden crumble as unfavorable poll numbers continue to roll in. Do you think it's time for him to step aside? Well, he's not going to step aside. He's the sitting incumbent president. Um, There's a lot of speculation about these polls. I think the Democrats need to take them seriously. This is not a situation where you have people that are going to be formulating opinions about the potential candidates. It, It looks that former President Trump will become the nominee from the Republicans. The Democrats will have Joe Biden. People have an opinion about this. They know where they are on this. And so it's not the same. Democrats need to take a hard look at why do people not think 
favorably of Joe Biden when they talk about their own economics. They say that they're doing well, but then they think other people are having a bad economy. We need to get to the bottom of what is causing this uh, friction in the party and make sure that Joe Biden explains to the electorate what his plan is for America in the next four years. He did that so well in 2020. He needs to articulate what's next, not just what he's done. Nicole, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you. Former President Donald Trump traded jabs with a New York judge as he testified on the stand. The non-jury civil trial stems from the New York Attorney General's lawsuit against him and his businesses in the state. Fireworks on the stand at Donald Trump's civil fraud trial on Monday as the former president's testimony went off the rails in a case that could determine his future as a businessman in New York. Trump attacked both the judge and New York Attorney General Letitia James as he testified, complaining of unfair treatment. This is really election interference. It's all it is. This trial is ridiculous. Outside the courtroom, the frontrunner for the Republican nomination in the 2024 election again accused the judge and Attorney General of being politically biased against him. These are political operatives that I'm going to be dealing with right now. Uh, you have a racist Attorney General who made some terrible statements. James brushed aside Trump's attacks as distractions. He rambled, he hurled insults, um, but we expected that. At the end of the day, um, the documentary evidence, evidence demonstrated that, in fact, he falsely inflated his assets. Under questioning about his company's accounting practices, Trump repeatedly clashed with Judge Arthur Engeron, who at one point told the former president, quote, this is not a political rally. This is a courtroom. At one point, Engeron warned that he might remove Trump from the witness stand if he did not answer questions directly, asking one of Trump's attorneys, quote, can you control your client? After clashing with the judge, Trump left the courtroom for a break, gesturing as if he was zipping his lips. Engeron has fined Trump $15,000 for twice violating a limited gag order that prevents him from criticizing court staff. The judge... Israel said its forces are now pushing deep into Gaza City. This comes as residents said tanks were positioned on the outskirts for a potential storming of Gaza's urban heartland. Israeli leader Benjamin Netanyahu on Monday seemed willing to consider pauses in fighting in the Gaza Strip, either for aid or the exit of hostages, but again ruled out a ceasefire for now, despite international pressure. Netanyahu was speaking with ABC News. I know the Biden administration has also said uh, now is not the time for a ceasefire. What they're proposing is a humanitarian pause. There will be no pause. Well, there will be no uh, ceasefire, general ceasefire in Gaza without the release of our hostages. As far as tactical little pauses, an hour here, an hour there, we've had them before. I suppose uh, we'll check the circumstances in order to enable uh goods, humanitarian goods to come in, or our hostages, uh, individual hostages to leave. But I don't think there's going to be a general ceasefire. Uh, it's not that I don't think. I think it will hamper the war effort. It'll hamper our effort to get our hostages out, because the only thing that works on these criminals in Hamas is the military pressure that we're exerting. Blasts and flares lit up the sky over Gaza early Tuesday morning. 
It's now been more than one month since the Hamas raid on southern Israel, when militants killed 1,400 people and seized 240 hostages. Israel has bombarded the area since then. Gaza health officials say it has killed more than 10,000 Palestinians, including some 4,100 children. UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres warned on Monday that Gaza is becoming a, quote, graveyard for children, calling for an urgent ceasefire. However, both sides have resisted international pressure to do so. Israel says hostages should be released first, while Hamas says it will not free them or stop fighting while Gaza is under assault. For more, head to tickernews.co. I'll see you soon. More right after this.